Our first offender discussions for 2024, and it feels a little overdue. We've uh, we've scrambled and tried to well, we've tried to stay out of the office a little bit, but we've also uh, had a little gap in competition. So I don't even remember when the last time was we spoke. Uh, for those of you listening for the first time, my name's Mike Biker. I'm the director of athletic communications here at Dort, and I'm joined today by Josh Tatton and Matt Boss. And we are going to turn Matt down just a little bit as he. Blew us away, and he usually does. Yeah, hot bike. The uh, the first thing, the first order of business. Uh, how was your time away? Did you both manage to stay out of the office for a little while at least? I mean, that was that was part of the goal when uh, we had that little gap in terms of competitions. Were you able to enjoy a little bit of a Christmas break? Very much so, yeah. Mike. It was great. I think I was out from like the sixteenth to like the third. <laughs> yeah, no, when you don't have a, and quite honestly, this is the first time I can remember having a gap this long, especially for the men's basketball team, where they went uh, over three weeks without a competition. Women uh, was close to that as well when you date it back to that December 12 game at Brookings, South Dakota, and then going to the College of St. Mary last Saturday. That was about a three and a half week stretch. So uh, the teams got rested. They're back to it now. They both have uh, competitions under their belt. We're hoping for indoor track and field to get going on Saturday. And here we go. But uh, I'm glad you both had a nice break. And it's time to get to work, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's a good sign was I was missing. I was missing this. And, I was uh, as well. I was the week of New Year's. I came in a, just a few days just to get some stuff done. I like the normalcy, and it, it's just time to get back at it, Mike. I got bored at home, you know? Yeah. I was like, okay, I need something to do. <laughs> well, if you're, if you're really looking for something to do, we've got a project coming up in our house over the next oh, couple oh, of wait, months. No. So um, I don't know how good you are with demo and things like that. But I'm hey, not the guy. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the timing... Not awesome. What what's going on? Well, yeah, a oh. long a long awaited renovation of a kitchen that okay. needs needs some work and refresh. And if we're gonna just keep living there for a while, it's uh, probably got to happen. But when the contractor says, "Hey, we can come," it's like, okay, yeah. So we're gonna be living out of a basement and crockpots and to- it's gonna be a flashback to nineteen ninety whatever <laughs> it was, ninety-two or so when we first got married and had a basement apartment. But nobody wants to hear about that stuff. <laughs> De- um, demo I can do, but I can't build anything, Mike. So I'm a I'm afraid of power tools. So Well <laughs> the demo isn't going to be a lot of power tools. The demo is gonna be a lot of hammer and crowbar the way I can it looks. do that well yeah I might take you up on that <laughs> um Jamestown last night for the basketball teams I did not make the trip I watched it remotely broadcast that way and uh, you watched the women's game Matt uh start to finish or pretty close to it I would guess um Josh you yep. watched a fair amount of it as well it was what it was I Felt like the defenders were on the cusp of stretching it out, getting a nice lead, even up 47 to 40 at one point in the third quarter, and then all of a sudden 48 47. Okay, we got a game, and Jamestown banks in a three pointer, and it's like, oh, the sun is really shining on them right now. But I thought the women responded well in the fourth quarter, and uh, sometimes that happens when you take a road trip, even though you go up the night before. 
it it just takes a little bit to get going. Tough road trip, long road trip, and Jamestown's got some dangerous players. They're pretty good in the guard court, and uh, like you said, fourth quarter was the story. Twenty three to twelve, led by Bailey Beckman. She really got things going early in the fourth. I think she had seven straight points for us, and uh, a good way to close it out. A tough Jamestown team and we got the win you mentioned uh you you mentioned when we were talking about the matchup you said do they still have that post player that gave us troubles and they do yeah Rodakowski, but i thought uh, i thought janie sconehoven did an outstanding job defensively against her um really made life difficult for her and Rodakowski had a good first half i don't think she scored in the second half yeah and we were talking the three of us about you know the defenders they didn't shoot it very well yesterday, but they found ways to win, different ways to win. Um, it's just good to see that they have a number of weapons. They have they can play in multiple styles as well, and you're going to see that throughout. The other factor, um, couldn't get out and run. Jamestown was good enough on the glass where you couldn't just – we weren't getting jailbreaks. We didn't have numbers all like we oftentimes do, and – just didn't shoot it as well. But uh, the women, as uh, I said to Josh, sometimes you just say, you know what, there aren't style points. You just you go, you compete as best you can. I thought the women did that. Are there some things that Coach Harmson is going to work on tomorrow when they get back to practice? I don't think they're going to do much today. Um, are there some things he can point out? Yeah, and I think I think he likes that fact that there are some things that we can point out because – this is this is far from a finished product for this team. It gets dangerous when you do everything perfectly. You know, like you're going through you're like, oh, there's nothing to work on, which there very rarely is. Something like that, I should say. Um, because as soon as you get into that mindset, it's people you, stop listening. Right, you're you're yeah. you're plateauing while other people are still getting close to you. Yeah. So no, it'll be good. Um the men's side. Um, Lucas Lorenzen got going in the second half for a brief period of time. I, I saw the exchange uh, post game with uh, Greg Eulen, the head coach for Jamestown, and Lucas. Uh, he made a point of uh, spending some time talking to him in the line. When, when Lucas gets going offensively, he can make it look so. I mean, the the good players can make it look easy, and there are times where it's like, how do you defend him? Because coming off screens and getting a shot off and then posting up, he can present some real challenges for teams. And this 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 has been a work in progress as well because you have many different pieces. The defenders are working to adjust to what this team is, I believe. Yeah, Lucas was really good. And in the second half, their announcer was giving him high praise okay. as well, calling him one, one of the best players in the G-back and a, just a, an electrifying score. But what was cool, Mike, was when he picked up his fourth yeah. foul, that's when Dort went on a run. And yeah. his teammates picked up picked up the slack, and they finished that off really well. Yeah, I, I was glad to see Bryce knock down some shots. Yep. Um, since he had got tangled up with Jake Hargens before Christmas, um, it seems like, okay, they're, they're just not quite there yet. And I thought last night in the second half, we're, we were closer to that. And um, 
Bryce getting 21 points, getting to the free throw line, making some free throws at the end. Uh, Luke Rankin knocked down some shots after having a little bit of a cold start. Uh, we're figuring out what our post player, what our post play looks like between Ben Fairclaw and Ty Vanessa. We're halfway through the season and we're still asking some questions. And I, I don't always, I don't think that's such a bad thing necessarily. I was impressed with Ty last night. He gave us some good minutes and yeah. did some great things. And it's amazing. I, I think what got him going was an offensive rebound mm-hmm. on a free throw, flips it up with the left hand, gets it in, now comes down, makes a three-pointer, uh, gets a steal on the other end. It's amazing what can get someone going. And it appeared that was the case last night. Um a few notes from a career standpoint. Um, I think Bryce is closing in on 1,700 points. He, um, I think next up on the list is Luke Reuter, and then you've got uh, Trevor Waltersdorf, and then Greg Solon ahead of him in terms of all-time scoring. Those are three who were pretty good. <laughs> um, on the women's side, uh, Carly Gustafson continues to climb, and right behind her, Bailey Beckman. In all likelihood, those two are going to end up right by each other in terms of the uh, career standings. Those teams, both of them traveling to Concordia on Saturday, and the Concordia women, two games back of the defenders right now, that will be a significant challenge. They thumped Doan last night, uh, scored 100 and some points, I believe. And oh, wow. I think I think it happened on both both sides, men mm-hmm. and women. They uh, they really handled Doan last night. So uh, no easy stretch, and this is a challenging week. You go on the road Wednesday, you go on the road again Saturday. This will be a challenging week for both basketball teams. Yeah, the Concordia men also they're uh, half a game in front of us, six and three. We're mm-hmm. five and three, so it's a pivotal matchup for both teams. Yeah, and yeah, we've only played eight conference games. That's uh, and so we aren't even halfway through the conference Not season yet. yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, the conference as a whole, some of the results that came in last night on the women's side um, was it Briar Cliff beat Northwestern by three or four? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm going off memory. I'm trying to find it for you. Dakota Wesleyan yeah, came the, back to beat Morningside, I believe, five. in the women's game. That was a surprising one because of that. That road trip being difficult with the snow and whatnot. Yep, yep. And then uh, you turn it around on the men's side. I guess the one that got my attention. Um, Dakota Wesleyan. Yeah, well. Morningside, a few days after going on the road, beating Hastings in a very intense contest. And you think, okay, look out. Here comes Morningside. They go on the road to the Corn Palace. And Dakota, those, those teams, Mount Marty showed it on Saturday. Dakota Wesleyan shows it on Wednesday. Very capable teams of on a given evening, especially at home, they they're given that. I mean, there isn't an easy one out there the way it looks. There used to be one or two where you'd say, "Okay, you got to show up," but it appears that the the teams that are right now towards the bottom of the league still very capable. Have to show up every time yeah. out on the men's side because on Saturday Midland went to overtime with Jamestown. Yeah, and it was at Midland, so you've got that factor in play. But that came just a couple days after Jamestown beats Concordia. I mean, correct? I mean that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. and then like people will be quick to look at the Mount Marty Northwestern game, and be like, oh, it's it was a lucky shot off a three of a 
full court. It's like, well, they had to be in a tie position in the first place. Yeah, you so had to be in like, position to do it. So it's like any, it's anyone's game any yeah. Wednesday or Saturday. Well, the next two, three weeks, uh, you 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 look at it. Four weeks, uh, four games at a time. Uh, that's when things begin to shake out and take shape. But uh, yeah, at Concordia on Saturday, two o'clock scheduled start time for the women, three forty-five start time for the men. What else do we have? Uh, we've got indoor track and field getting started on Saturday. Right now, that is scheduled for a ten thirty start. Correct. Ten thirty start for field, and then uh, eleven o'clock we'll get the running events. Uh, and weather permitting. Yep. Do we have the start sheets yet or not yet? Heat sheets will come available Friday morning um, in terms of teams competing. It's a small meet, Northwestern, Morningside, and hopefully Waldorf if they can come. So we're optimistic that we'll have it, local teams, hopefully, and uh, it'll be a good meet as uh, athletes coming in off the break. Yeah, and so that that is this Saturday, and then is it like – Dakota State, not Dakota State. Back to South Dakota South State. South Dakota State, okay. Yep, and actually that track schedule just changed a little bit. We're going to BV after that. We were going to go to Mount Marty, but that meet's no, no longer happening, so they're going to go to Buena Vista. And is that a Friday night meet it's or is that a Saturday? It's okay. Saturday, yep. Well, that's good because I have heard tales of the Saturday night meets at Buena Vista, or Friday night meets at Buena Vista, turns into Saturday morning really easily. Oh, so that, we don't want that. No, no. no. So so they're <laughs> they're playing sake. that right. <laughs> they're playing that and, and are running that. That's in two weeks, two weeks, two weeks from the Saturday. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And that's that's a that's an ever changing thing. Um I don't know. Did we talk after the South Dakota State event last mm-hmm. nope. Last semester? I don't think so. Um your impressions of that indoor meet at South Dakota State because we had multiple national qualifiers, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm pulling it up now. Yeah, Peyton Malden, Cole Zavenbergen in that 600 meter had a great race. Both of them at the auto mark. And then uh, those two were also heavily involved in that 4x4 on the men's side that met the auto mark. So three guys. And then on the ladies' side, you have Jessica, uh, Jessica Campman-Walzik. She qualified in uh, one of the long-distance races. Shocker. uh, also, Emily Hyden and Shelby Bewalda, names that you're going to get to know in the 600-meter met the provisional mark. So we already have some qualifiers, hoping to add some this weekend, too. And then we, we kind of we, we, we get our toes in the water, if you will, this week with the competitions. we got basketball. we got indoor track. Does hockey get going mm, next week, yeah, or is that next, another two weeks? I believe weeks it's yet? next week. And they only have five. You would more. think the director of athletic communications would know all of this off the top of his head. Yeah, it'd be the twentieth. They have a one game, uh, one match game series against Nebraska. Yeah, Omaha. yeah. I that guess. game starting at a lovely nine p.m. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's uh, w- welcome to athletic communications work, Josh. <laughs> But yeah, then they only have three or two more after that yeah. Nebraska Omaha game. And they're excited about uh, the possibility of postseason play, and they'll mm-hmm. go to St. Louis for that conference tournament. And they um, they haven't lost in a while. Yeah, see how so. things shake out in terms of getting ready for maybe nationals. You don't want to get ahead of yourself, but they are they're entertaining it at least. It is a possibility. Absolutely, and, they haven't lost. The last loss coming against Missouri State, October seventh. Yeah. yeah. So we will see. And coach, uh, we <laughs> talked with Tyler Moore, uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler before the uh, before things uh, wrapped up for the semester, and uh, it was a case of uh, they were really excited about how things were going, and then 
we aren't that far away. I mean, it, it's January 11 today. It'll be the 13th this weekend. So one, two, three. Three weeks from then, we get going with baseball and softball. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, base softball, we will. Yeah. Baseball, they're going to go south to Kansas City and see if they can find some some dirt to play on. So it does happen quickly from here on out. Men's volleyball is in there too, and we'll talk more about that and preview that a little bit as that season gets closer. Some other news in terms of uh, collegiate news. Um, North Star Athletic Association, I, I said it last night on the broadcast, um, news stories now circulating public. Jamestown is in for next year. They're going to cobble it together for one year, allow them to have basically a schedule, and that'll allow the North Star to play one more season. But that uh, the, uh, the, the death knell, if you will, of the North Star is next year. Um, for those of you who follow along and this you the north star used to be the sdic which was at the time the south dakota south dakota intercollegiate conference then it became the south dakota iowa conference when dort became a member i believe westmar was a member for a short period of time uh, i can't remember who else was membership that was in the 90s that was probably shortly after you graduated matt yeah i think so huron was part of that league yep, i think yep yep no yeah. longer huron but right and uh uh, you had the Black Hills State yeah. and South Dakota Tech. And then the SDIC became the DAC-10 for a period of time because you had the North Dakota schools, South Dakota schools, Dort left for the greener pastures of the Great Plains Athletic Conference back in 2000. That all morphed now into the North Star, which included Viterbo and Bellevue, along with some of those North Dakota schools. How's that for a geographical triangle? Well, <laughs> that is now ending with the North Dakota schools remaining at the NAI level, they're going to head to the frontier, which is Montana and Idaho and that stuff. Oregon. Yep. <laughs> was that announced too? Yeah. yeah I was it was, gonna, it was in yeah. That, that those North Dakota yeah. teams. Yeah. Dickinson State, I think, Dickinson was kind State. of the leader on that, if I remember correctly. <clears throat> yeah. Um, was it Valley City also? Or are they going yes. in? Mayville. Mayville. Oh, Mayville's going to have some road That's trips. a haul. Man, <laughs> that is a Hall. Yeah, them going to Southern Oregon is going to be a trip. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how mu how long some of that lasts, and then um, I don't know where Bellevue is going to end up. The Turbo is going east to Chicago. It sounds like Chicago Land. Yes. Yep. Okay. So it's a lot of moving and shaking, and I, I guess I guess what I take away from it. I'm really grateful for the stability of the Great Plains Athletic Conference. And, Likewise. Um, I think Corey's done a great job. Yeah. the You talked to Rick Vanderberg, who was the AD back in the 80s and 90s here, mostly in the 90s. Stability at the NAI level for conferences is not normal. And for this thing to have held together for as long as it has, uh, administratively, our, our leagues, our league presidents – and our conference administration, they've done a pretty good job of keeping people basically on, if not on the same page, at least in the same book, if you will. And they keep, um, it's it's made for a better situation, I believe, for our student athletes than some. Yeah, and the amount of turnover in what we're 20, 23, going on 24 years now, the amount of turnover is, isn't very big. We've no. had some schools come and go, of course, but overall – 
it's been very solid league. Yeah, what what schools have uh, Nebraska Dan, Wesleyan, Dana closed, Dana, Wesleyan left, USF, USF, USF. Jamestown now, Briarcliff came in, Morningside came in. Yeah, I mean, remember they weren't members of the conference right. when this all began. College of St. Mary came College in. College of St. Mary came in, so there Jamestown was in. Now they're leaving, um, adding Waldorf. So it's there is some fluctuation. But the core schools have uh, have remained, and I'm I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful that after this year, the longest road trip for our teams is 300 miles. I mean, that's pretty good, and that's pretty common for all of the schools within the league. So, um, yeah, just a little smattering of what we watch in terms of conference and NAI stuff. What am I missing? Has anything? I, we've had some college sports communication, uh, academic All-American things come out all district. Yep. Uh, we're waiting on football. I'm, I'm optimistic, having filled out a ballot, that I, I think we got a shot at some football players being academic All-Americans. Parker Beck, first team All-American. I don't know if we said anything yep. about that in previous yep. episodes, which is a pretty big deal. Yep, and then we had a couple third-teamers as well. Which was Abe Stays and, oh boy. Jessup. Jessup, yep, Jessup yep. Leakey. Yep, and I was I was a little disappointed. The Associated Press teams came out and weren't able to get any through on that, but you take the good with the bad. So it, it's it's a difficult challenge to vote on those. I'm not gonna. I'm not speaking as someone who votes on one of them. Uh, it's not easy. Football's <laughs> the worst. I mean, I shouldn't say the worst. Most challenging. Yeah. yeah. Especially offensive and defensive linemen because the, the lack of stats. Right. Yeah. The good ones don't get. I mean, defensive linemen. If you're occupying two blockers, somebody else probably getting the tackle and stat, but you're probably more as important. Especially on the play. if you're like a nose guard or something. Yeah. It's like your job is to make a pile. Yeah. <laughs> Just a pleaky. Right. Um, so yeah. So that's the way it goes. Um, I think that's going to do it. Yeah. I, I, we've got stuff to do, so I'm not going to take any more of your time. So for Matt Boss and Josh Tat, and I'm Mike Biker. That's Defender Discussions for January 11. We will talk to you again next week.